celebrities. We try to dress like them. We try to act like them. But today we're going to be talking about celebrity financial mistakes. These are things you don't want to copy. It's Brian Preston, the money guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. So, Bo, we really do. There's all kind of things that happen, and everybody wants to be like a celebrity. Haven't you noticed that? Oh, I mean, yeah. all you have to do is have a person, like, have the right handbag or wear the specific belt, and then those things sell out. Yep. So, I don't think that kind of goes the same way with financial actions or behaviors. I'm curious, you know, because I, I believe that what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, which celebrity is it that you are emulating with your wardrobe for uh, this episode? By the way, this is not a Christmas sweater because <laughs> we know that this show will live on in YouTube forever. This is just a Star Wars season, seasonal it's sweater. Just a, it's just a Brian, a Brian sweater. And by the way, you guys are probably wondering, no, we are no longer playing the acid rock music because Bo shaved his mustache. Everybody notice that? I did, you know, I did uh, say goodbye, uh, but don't worry, it'll it'll be back. It'll so, moneyguy.com, go check it out. Also, make sure you give us your email address, because it, it's just like, we're working on it right now, we'll have details, and I'm going to go ahead, I know Lisa's on vacation, but we'll give her a heart attack. Because of the holidays, we might be doing another live stream next Tuesday, because we got so many people traveling on the 18th when we're, we're slated to do the next one. So so stay tuned and also go to moneyguy.com and go ahead and get connected with us by giving us your email address so we keep you up to date on everything. So I just want to, we have a lot to cover, so I'm just going to jump right in and let's go through these financial behaviors that celebrities have been caught up in and then how you can protect yourself and behaviors and actions you can take so that you don't fall into these traps. And you may be saying right now, you know, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not someone who makes $100 million a year and I'm not in the limelight. What we try to do is for every one of these celebrity mistakes, we've kind of brought it back down to what we call the real world. And so every single one of these, there's a tangible takeaway of something that you can think about to make sure that you're making good decisions in your financial life. So let's first start off with... Be very scared of the IRS. You need to pay your taxes. So this sounds like common sense. Right. But let's kind of go through some of these celebrities that have fallen into this trap. Al Capone. And, and here's why I want to do this show. I'm going to give you some, some nuggets of information okay. so that you get entertained, and then we're going to teach, hopefully provide some teachable moments. But Al Capone, remember, this is the guy known as Scarface. Mm-hmm. They tried to catch him on everything. They couldn't do it. This guy was so slick, he did no... He had never had a bank account. He only dealt in cash transactions, right. so he was, he couldn't create a paper trail. He also created layers of separation. Everybody's heard that, and, and attributes Al Capone to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, where seven members of a rival gang were basically slaughtered right. by people associated with Al Capone that were dressed up like police, police officers. officers. Yep. But you would think, okay, so did Al get in trouble for those those murders? No, because you know where he was? He was down in his Florida beach house with a note from his doctor saying he had to be on bed rest. He already had his alibi worked out. He was even out of the state when he did some of these horrible things. So what did the government do to get old crazy Al Capone? 
Taxes. That Tax evasion it. is what took Al Capone down. Um, he, you know, they gave, got him a 10-year sentence in federal prison, then one extra year in Chicago, so 11 years. But he didn't even make that. He only he died seven years into his mm-hmm. sentence. So that's a, you know, when you go to Alcatraz, you can tour, and they'll talk about all the cool things that so went down. E- even for those who think they are above the law, yep. they're not above taxes. Because it seems like I've heard somewhere there's only two things that are certain, and I don't remember the other one, but I remember taxes. You mean death and taxes. You know it. And then so next is how could we blade – Passenger 57. I mean, there's so many. Wesley Snipes. So in ni- from 1999 to 2004, Wesley Snipes made around $40 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money over a five-year span. So he made $40 million, and he decided not to pay the $7 million of taxes on it. I like what you put in here in parentheses. I don't know if this was your words or someone else's. You put tax protester an anti-tax advocate. No, that's what he claimed. He well, that was his defense. So I'm a tax protester. I'm not going to pay. Yeah, he somebody he somebody had gotten in Wesley's ear and said, you know what? The way the tax law is written, you don't actually. It's actually a voluntary thing. You don't mm. really have to pay taxes. Mm. Mm. Okay. And so he, yeah, let's face it. Here's what Wesley's thinking. I made forty million dollars. These cats think I owe them seven million. But if I just this guy seems smart with his whole tax protester <laughs> right. pitch. Maybe I get to keep that $7 million. Maybe taxes are voluntary. That's probably what Wesley was thinking. I will save you a lot of trouble. Pay your taxes because it's not voluntary. You have to pay your taxes. So in 2008, Wesley Snipes was convicted of three misdemeanor counts of failing to file tax returns, and he served almost three years in prison. That's the part that I find so surprising. It's not just that if you don't pay your taxes, the government's going to say, oh, pay us some taxes, pay us some penalties. You can actually do some real jail time from not paying your taxes. No, you definitely have to pay your taxes. I could have, we could have added so many other people. Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. there's so many. Lionel Richie. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of people I look up to that have gotten into trouble with taxes. And this, here's a funny one to close it out. Bo, you brought this video to my attention. If you haven't looked at this video, you ought to go do it on um, YouTube. There's a video called How I Became the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith. That's right. And I love this because it walks you through. It's kind of a motivational type Mm -hmm. thing because he talks about how he has good, he was up, then he was down, he was broke, (laughs) and then how he kind of became the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So it's really cool. So go check out that video. But here's here's what I like, and this is the quote I wrote down. Before I was in trouble with Uncle Phil... I was in trouble with Uncle Sam. And, and, and this is what he said. He said he spent all of his money and did not pay the IRS. And his quote was, and I'm going to modify this to take out the one cuss word. Make it a little more it. PG. But he said, it wasn't like I was not trying to avoid paying taxes. I was like, oh, man, they need their money. <laughs> so, you know, and I think that happens to a lot of people. Well, you don't have to just be a celebrity who all of a sudden finds fame and starts having money come in. I see this with a lot of small business That's owners, right. too, or even salesmen that get big bonuses. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden this money shows up, and then the taxes aren't paid on it, and a few months goes by, because remember, your taxes are from January to December 31st, right. but you don't have to pay. Your taxes aren't due until April. Mm-hmm. So a few months go by, and then people go, Oh man, I don't I don't have the money to pay that tax bill. That's a horrible thing. And, and this is another thing that I thought was hilarious. And this is this is funny but educational. Famous Will Smith said, "Famous and broke don't work well together." He goes, "Being famous, people recognize who you are, but they recognize you while they're sitting next to you on the bus." 
not the place you want to so be. So he just so definitely pay attention to your taxes because as we hear without the the similarity between all this is the government gets their money. That's so right. make sure you stay up on that. So here's what to know: make sure your taxes are on solid ground. Everything, and this is a quote I got from a tax partner I had when I worked in public accounting. Everything's deductible until you get caught. I, Do you I, catch I, what, what I, is said I, there? I get it. I get it. Because I think a lot of people think when you file your tax return and then, you know, say the four weeks later when the direct deposit or the refund check shows up in the mail, you're like, it worked. You know, I, I guess right. the government accepted that I filed that return and took all those crazy deductions. That's not, that does not mean you got away with it. Because remember, the government has three years. If you just if you did everything on the up and up, they have three years to come back after you. But if you find and they prove that there's fraud, it's unlimited. They can go back forever on your taxes. Right. So everything's deductible until you get caught. So definitely stay on solid ground. And and I even and you've heard me tell the story. I have seen people. I've I've had the opportunity to represent people in front of the IRS. We were just talking about this before the show. And show I have, that. and but I've always and the advice I give people is is if you ever get a full audit, I'm not talking about the letter situation. I'm talking about if they ever actually want to do an in person audit with you. Do not represent mm-hmm. yourself. Have some type of advocate, a CPA, an attorney, or somebody represent you because I have seen grown people cry. Yep from representing themselves in IRS audits. And there's, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but the simple fact is, well, if you represent yourself, the IRS can mushroom. They can ask you about a rental property deduction that you took, and but then on the spot, they can you know, mushroom the audit into another portion of your tax return and then even go into previous tax right. years of that three-year period. It's a really scary situation. Mm-hmm. If you have an advocate or somebody on your behalf, there, there's kind of some parameters and there's some 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 limits. You just have a team in place. Yeah, if you have a team, so so pay attention to that. Um, keep good records. Plan for taxes. This um, is the big one, and this is the one because you know most folks are sitting out there. I would imagine most folks don't fall into the Wesley Snipes category of being a tax protester. Yep. But we see this all the time with someone who maybe started a small business and they had some success and they earned some income throughout the year. Maybe they were an independent contractor did an odd job. Well, when you're an independent contractor, you don't have taxes withheld like you do in a normal paycheck. You still have to pay taxes on that. I actually have some friends who uh, won a poker tournament and actually won a big, decent chunk of money in that poker tournament. Didn't know they had to pay taxes on that at the end of the year. Like organized poker tournament. Not not something in a neighborhood. This wasn't a neighborhood thing. This was like a a big tournament put on. And I didn't realize that they had to pay taxes on that come tax time. And, uh, you know, fortunately it all worked out. But you have to know when you have some sources of income – you're going to have to pay tax on that. So something you need to be aware of. All these people doing side hustles. There's a lot of you out there doing side hustles. If they, Here's a big clue for you. If they make you fill out either a W-9 form or just ask you for your Social Security number, that means uncle's going to know. There's your clue. When they make you, whenever you're doing the side hustle or you get a vendor and they ask you for your tax ID or Social Security number, that's a clue uncle's that's going right. to know. So pay your taxes. So let's move on to number two. Here's another mistake that I think a lot of celebrities fall into, and I'm going to give you one example. Buyer beware. Oh, this one's big. This is pretty recent, actually. Drew Brees. Who dat? That was for all you Saints fans out there. (laughs) Drew Brees, great quarterback. But here's where I think Drew, and he seems like a nice guy in interviews and Mm -hmm. everything else. It seems like he does a lot of good out there. But um, from 2012 all the way through 2016 – Drew and his wife thought a great diversifier for their all this money he had coming mm-hmm. in 
would it be actually to buy investment grade jewelry? Diamonds specifically, yeah. right? Fifteen million dollars. Working with one specific jeweler. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bought fifteen million dollars worth of investments. In 2017, I don't know if they got a new financial advisor or they finally, or Drew and his wife finally listened to their financial advisor. The financial advisor said, hey, you ought to go and get an independent appraisal on, on those jewelry, investment yeah. grade diamonds yeah. or whatever they are. So he did that. He found out that $15 million he had invested over from 2012 to 2016 was only worth $6 million. Not a good investment. So, so here's what I think. Here's the quote from the lawsuit in the defense of the jeweler who sold this to Drew Brees and his wife. He insisted, the jeweler insisted unabashedly that he had done nothing wrong because his charged plaintiffs, his, his plaintiffs, he charged his plaintiffs the price at which the jeweler expected the jewelry could be resold in 10 to 15 years because he knew the Breezes wanted a long-term investment. Hold on. Okay, I, I just want to make sure I understood you right. So this jeweler sold these diamonds to Drew and his wife at the value that he anticipated them to be worth 10 That's or 15 years. That's his defense. Years. His defense statement was is that I, it, Drew told me he wanted a long-term investment, so I went ahead and charged him on what I thought these things would be worth in 15 years. But, Drew, Drew, when were you going to make any money? When no, were you Drew, make any money that's the that? question Drew is asking. It just shows that I think Drew Brees connected with the wrong guy who saw. And this is here's what you need to know. Let's transition into what we out there in the public need to know. Success has a very unfortunate side effect. I think it puts a big target on your back that more and more people yep. will try to take advantage of you. Let me give you some examples. You hear the concept, all of you people out there in the medical profession, dumb doctor deals. And that's right. There's a reason they're called dumb doctor deals. People know that doctors make good money, so they structure all these complicated private deals and other things to try to attract some of that free cash flow to invest in their deal. If you uh, you know, when you make more money, have a little more success, you probably buy into a little nicer subdivision. Yep. What happens? Overprice of everything that you do <laughs> in you know, whether it's cutting your grass, whether it's home improvements around your house. These people, people I, I will tell you, I just sent out to somebody who does the winterizing of my sprinkler system every year. I asked him, I said, hey, I'm about to put up my Christmas lights. I'd like to know what would it cost to trim my bushes and do mulch. Because I do, I cut my own grass and all that. But I was thinking it'd be nice to freshen up my mulch before all my family showed up. And um, he sent me a bill. And I kid you not, I could show you the the text I sent him back. I said, you must think I'm rich. (laughs) Because I know that the price, because I do my own mulch, the mulch only costs $400. Because I have a truck that delivers the mulch. I've done it myself for years. He wanted $2,500 for something I know costs $400. $2,500? I'm telling you guys, be careful. When you start having some success, people will take advantage of you. And then also frivolous lawsuits. You know, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not uncommon that you could have a very minor fender bender. People find out you have resources and money or somebody get injured doing repair work mm-hmm. at your house. They're going to sue you if they figure out that you have money. So how do you protect yourself? I'd put, be an educated consumer. Don't buy what you don't understand. You know, I I think Drew and his wife, they had good intentions of buying hard assets that were diversifiers, but they didn't really know what they were getting into. It's obvious when you spend $15 million on something that's worth six, you're probably in over your head. And good for the 
financial advisor for recommending that they go get some some checks on that. And that does that doesn't just have to do with like collectible items like diamonds or baseball cards, or whatever. The financial world is the same way. Exactly. That means you shouldn't be buying into private placement, private equity, hedge deals that you don't understand, uh, annuities, insurance products you don't yep. understand. You need to make sure you understand exactly what your money is going into and why it makes sense for your situation. And then the last point I wanted to make: if you are successful, insure away risks that are cheap yep. to protect. You know, and what I mean by that is, uh, let's talk about umbrella insurance coverage. You ought to at least have umbrella coverage attached to your homeowners, attached to your car. It's kind of umbrella insurance sits on top of it. And I think it ought to be somewhat, you know, similar to your net worth, yep. you know, so one, $2 million and you're going to find it's not that it's expensive. really inexpensive. So, so protect yourself from those things. Number three, let's talk about another mistake that a lot of celebrities fall into. A lot. This one had to hurt, I bet. <laughs> Quit. Huh? That's mean. Huh? You should have said that. What you do on social media matters. Can you guess? Here's here's the actual tweet, the twenty million dollar tweet. I'm considering taking Tesla private at four twenty. That doesn't get you in trouble, by the way. Just saying that that's that's questionable to put that on Twitter. But here's the two words that got Elon Musk in a lot of trouble: funding secured. Ooh, mm. shouldn't have put the funding secured on there. But that's you know, Elon has learned. He's a $20 million tweet, meaning that's the deal he worked out with the SEC. He's personally going to put up some money. Um, he also lost his chairman position. There's all kind of other things that, sure. he, that he had to, to take. Um, here's another one. Roseanne Barr. I mean, you got to think, Roseanne Barr went through a roller coaster year yep. in 2018. And the fact that she had her show that had been gone for over a decade, for quite a while. I mean, I I don't, maybe even, it might have been it two might, decades. Probably yeah. might even been longer than that. Get all the cast back together. They do a reboot. It has these huge monster ratings. And then Roseanne Barr gets on Twitter, says some things about Valerie Jarrett, um, and then they kick her off yep. of her own show. And I mean, it, it busted her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that, all that, just because of a tw- you know what she did out there on Twitter. So, what do you need to know, and what do you do to protect yourself? Here, and this might seem very old-fashioned. It is. You're smiling because it is smiling. old-fashioned. I mean, I am. I'm smiling. old school. Yeah, a little old school. But, but I this keeps this. you out of the penalty box. So here's here's my recommendations for you. Don't share anything you wouldn't share with your parents or pastor. Now, I think that's reasonable advice. If there's not something that you wouldn't be happy with the entire world seeing and the entire world knowing about, don't put it out on social media. And then I would, and here's the other thing, if at all possible, avoid access to your electronics to make these type of posts when you're least likely to put your best face on or best step forward. And what I'm talking about is drinking, when you're drinking adult beverages or Ambien, or the devil's pill, aspirin, as they call it, the sleeping pills. Because if you notice, every one of the, everybody who usually gets in trouble, they always blame it on the sleeping pills right. or something. You know, doing that something. wasn't me. You know, they try to pull that. It wasn't me. That's not really me. So don't do that stuff. And we, I'll, I'll tell you another case study that I've seen. It's not just this. We've excluded. Candidates that have tried to get was, jobs with us based upon what they put on their social media. I was media. literally about to go right there. We've been we've been in the hiring process for a while. We still are, you know, if you're interested. Uh, but one of the things we do, one of the very first things, we look at your resume, we look at your cover letter, then we immediately go to your social media to see what you put out there and how you sort of gauge that. That kind of stuff matters. So not only don't put something on there that you want want your parents or your pastors to see. Maybe don't put anything on there that you don't want your next boss or next employer to see. That's a gr- great advice. Let's move on to another 
mistake that I think a lot of mistakes, I mean, celebrities make, and that is be careful who you take advice from. Oh, yeah. So I, w- I went back into the archives of the Money Guy show. By the way, go to moneyguy.com. If you, if you haven't been there in a while, we used to put password protections, had to make you do all, jump through some hoops to get access to our archives. Now it's out there for anybody and everybody. All you have to do is just go to uh, you know uh, the archives section. That's you right. can search. It's searchable. That's how I actually use it. And I found this show from 2009, I believe. I mean, it's crazy. Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Mm-hmm. Did I say her name yeah, right? That's I'm, right? I'm horrible. That's right. They were caught up, if you don't remember, with investing with old Uncle Ernie um, Uncle Bernie. Madoff. Oh, Uncle, who did I say? You said Uncle Ernie. You actually have an Uncle Ernie, so that was Freudian. So this Uncle is Bernie. Bernie Madoff. And and what's funny is is Bernie Madoff. We did a whole show in 2009, and it was hilarious to hear my accent back then. Not y'all probably love it. He still has an no, accent. No, it's then. even more. It's more country back in 2009. But it was interesting to go through the steps that I noticed, and and and, and now we've even got more of the story. And like sure. I even when I was doing research for today's show, I found a YouTube clip where Kevin Bacon had gone on Piers Morgan's show on CNN back in 2011, mm-hmm. and he confessed or he can. I guess, let it be known or conceded that, quote, most of our savings were lost. Meaning that, because when he described it to Pierce, he said, yeah, we still had homes, but pretty much our investments. All of our liquid network. Yeah, it was gone. I mean, because Pierce try, kept trying to get him to give a, do, a dollar amount. He let it be known it was in the millions yep. or perceived millions, because who knows how much it really was, That's because right. the thing with the way Bernie was doing his pyramid scheme is you don't really know what you have. But they lost the majority of their assets. So how do you protect yourself from, from these type of bad behaviors? Yep. And I'll, one of the things I was going to throw out there, you know, we mentioned Bernie Madoff. We talked a little bit about this in show prep, Brian. But it's not just professionals that you take advice from. Two of the things that we had mentioned is, and you said you saw this a lot earlier in your career, uh, a lot of people have success. Maybe it's someone who starts a really successful business or maybe it's a professional athlete or a celebrity. They will take advice from their peer group who maybe has not experienced that level of success to go open up a franchise or go invest in a business or something like that. You know, it's not just financial professionals. You have to kind of consider the source. And then the other thing that we say is how many times have we seen this where you take financial advice from a friend when you really know nothing about their financial situation? Yeah. Where they're telling you, hey, you should go buy this or do this and invest in this thing, where they really have no credibility to be the person telling you to do that. I, I think, you know, just tying into what you said, and this is, this is off the notes, but when I was working with a lot of professional athletes mm-hmm. in the past, it was one of those things when you had successful people, all of a sudden you would have – like, I remember one of the things I had talked to some of these athletes about is that they'd have a friend that wanted to be a club promoter, mm-hmm. that they would just come in and say, hey, give me some money and I'll split the door with you. And it would they would promise some crazy return. Right. Or a friend just asking you, say, hey, I don't need your money. I just want you to guarantee your this name, loan because yeah. I'm going to do this real estate deal. If you'll just sign this document, this which is a signature guarantee, mm-hmm. a, a personal guarantee on the loan, um, that's all. You, I don't even need your money. I just need your help so the bank will let me do this deal. Guess what? They all come in. Michael Vick, when he had all the stuff yeah. that went down with the dog fighting and stuff, it, you know, one of the big stories that came out of that was that he, all those loans that he has signature guaranteed on came due at once. It, it was ugly, ugly. So let's get back on how do you avoid the financial crooks. Number one, ask for their ADV. 
you know, the government, when you talking, when I'm specifically talking about somebody in the financial profession like we are, right. they probably have some type of filing that they have to do with a regulatory body. Whether for us, it's the SEC, the Securities and Exchange yep. Commission. We have to give prospects that form, our brochure, our ADV, just yep. to disclose what's going on with us. This tells you how people get paid. They tell you how their processes. And what's funny is back in 2009, because this all broke at the end of 2008, and it was the financial collapse of the markets at that time that kind of squeezed Bernie into where he had to confess what had happened. But these are the three tips I gave back then, and I think it's still relevant today, is know exactly what you own. And I put in parentheses, simple's good. That's Remember, right. we did a whole series, an episode on bringing simple back, because I think a lot of people, and we said this already, started investing things they really had no idea what they were getting into. So know exactly what you own. It's nice when you can see statements. It's nice when you can go and see symbols for what you're investing. And you can go pull from Yahoo That's or right. Morningstar. Independent sources. So independent sources. You can actually go type in the what you supposedly invested in and see what it's worth independent of the guy who sold you this yep. stuff. Um, number two. Use an independent custodian. We have a lot of people. Here's what, just to kind of let you guys see behind the curtain. When somebody's a prospect, I'm always, we don't, I haven't seen it in a while because we're, we're a few years removed from Bernie Madoff, but probably for the next three years, there was a halo effect of every time so we had a prospect say, How do we know you're not Bernie Madoff? Yeah. And I'd say, so That's a great question to ask. Any you should. I mean, how do you know that you're not just going to take our money and disappear with it? And I always say, we use an independent custodian, meaning that when you write a check or you roll assets over or you do account application, it's never for to abound wealth. Right. You're, you're doing it with either Fidelity Investments or Charles Schwab. Yep. You know, there's, a th there's an independent custodian that keeps your money. It's not going into the bank of Braun and Bo. That's right. And that's there to protect you, which is funny because if you go look at the government disclosure forms that Bernie Madoff filled out, he disclosed that he has, and this is, quote, on the form, he checked the boxes that he had custody of the cash and bank accounts and, number two, securities. Oof, not so not good. only was he doing choosing the investments, originating the investments, he was also maintaining the cash and then doing the disclosure of creating monthly account statements. Do you see how there's no separation? No, no check and balance. I mean, the, the checks and balances are non-existent. So you've got to make sure that you have some layers of independence there that will protect you. And also, with an independent custodian, let me, let, 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 let me make you feel better about something else. We know with banks they have what's called FDIC protection. Yep, sure. But with custodians, they have what's called SIPC protection. And then a lot of times that stuff caps out. Mm -hmm. So they, they, the custodian will go out there and buy excess SIPC coverage as well. So that's in case that provider ever goes defunct, runs out of money, your You're actual protected. assets are protected. You get that with an independent custodian, so that really protects you. And then here's the third tip I want to give. If a deal is too good to be true, it probably really is right. too good to be true. Don't go chasing those waterfalls. You, you see how I did that? We had I a knew, whole conversation. I knew you were going to don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> you got to get that TLC <laughs> reference in there. But it's um, but if it really is too good to be true, pay attention. And that's what and don't fall for. I it. mean, that's really ultimately what exposed Bernie Madoff is if the market's down thirty eight percent and you're up 10, 12, 15 percent. That just kind of defies common sense a little bit. So make sure you understand what you have going on. That's what he never had a loss year, I don't believe. It's unbelievable. That's what was amazing because I, I read a case study in that episode I did in 2009 
where in 2000, 2001, 2002, which were not good years to be an investor, he showed positive performance every one of those years. And everybody who tried to recreate that performance by even buying the asset classes that did good in those mm-hmm. years could not reproduce his behavior, you know, what, what he had done. So be very weary of somebody who, who seems to have this golden touch. Let's move on. Save something for a rainy day. How have celebrities not taken advantage of this common sense advice? MC Hammer. Oh, man, you can't touch this. Or Here's the one. I had to actually practice this when I was younger, but I still got it. Too legit, too legit to quit. Do you see that? I had to practice that when it was hot. Hey, Morph, when you actually do the editing for this show, I feel like we need to do like an auto-tune and dub over that, and I think we just had a music video happen just now. A lot of people know, because you hear people talk about, and there's all kind of like documentaries if you were around during that time, of how did MC Hammer go from nothing Mm -hmm. all the way up to where he was making $30 million a year. That's a lot of money. And this is back in like the 80s and 90s. $30 million million a year. year. I actually found an article that detailed what he spent his money on. I've been curious about that. Now I knew, because I've watched another of those documentaries, that he had a gold toilet. Not a not you know sometimes you go like if you're out in Vegas you'll go into a a, a swanky place and they'll have a black toilet right right, you're like, right. Oh, okay they got a black toilet a instead black of a toilet. white toilet but you know he had a gold toilet <laughs> but here's where he spent his money let's get back on point he bought a one one million dollar mansion okay that doesn't sound crazy I mean I've, there are people out there that can afford million dollar homes that's not crazy but here's the rest of it as Paul Harvey would say that kind of makes this thing go off the rails. This $1 million mansion had a 200-person staff with 40 people, uh, a 40-person entourage. His monthly payroll costs were $500,000 a month. Just for like his... My, my buddies would love me. <laughs> how, how, do I, how do you get to be part of an entourage I, like that? I didn't do the math. What's, um, what's 500000 divided by 200? I should be able to do that in my head. Is that, he's not paying a ton, is he? 500,000 divided by 200. It's 2,500. Yeah, so he's paying 2,500 a month was his average. So he's paying everybody, what, 30 grand? 30 grand. Getting all his buddies a $30,000 salary. So he had 200 people. That's what his entourage. I'm sure it wasn't just 30 grand a person. He had some people probably making six figures. But here's the rest of the story also. In addition to his $1 million mansion, which seems reasonable when you have 30 million, and his 200 person staff, he put $30 $30 million in the renovation of the $1 million mansion. Oh, $30 million mm-hmm. into... And well, that, that, that led to a bankruptcy in 1996. He must not have been listening to Money Guy back then, because we actually, we've done a show on renovations before, and that would have not passed the smell test. So here's what to know and how you don't reproduce this bad behavior. Understand the importance of deferred gratification. You know, we, we did a, a show earlier where we talk about how there, you can get counseling... Uh, you know, go to support groups yep. for all kind of things. But you know where, where you don't see a lot of support? For people that are addicted to saving. Right. Putting a little bit of today, sacrificing just a little bit today so you can have that awesome life of tomorrow. You know, as Dave Ramsey says, I want you to live like no one else so you can live like no one else in the future. It's true. So that's deferred gratification. Also, building that army of dollar bills. It all ties in so you don't have to work with your hands, your backs, and your brain anymore. You can now let your money do the work for you. And then the last thing, because I love this show. If you haven't watched this, go and do a search on our website. Go to moneyguy.com and do a search for financial order of operations on our archives it's really going to hook you up on knowing where every dollar of your money should go so it has a plan of action um 
Let's move on to the next one. Failure to plan and pretending you will live forever. Yeah, I find this one so sad. And I feel like this is one, when you read articles, you hear the most about yeah. this one. I mean, a lot of the other ones you kind of hear about, but, you know, MC Hammer could probably still go do, like, birthday parties or something like that. No, he's actually doing okay now. Well, I'm just saying, back then, he probably could have yeah. done I'd, yeah. he, I, I'd let him do my birthday party. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I'd let him come. Uh, but this one is kind of sad, because this one has, like, some long-lasting implications, and just it gets really ugly. I feel a lot like. of chaos, probably, because think about it. Here's the two examples I had. Prince... And Aretha Franklin both died without wills. Yeah. And that's surprising to me because both of them have complicated estates. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have intellectual property that's essentially going on for well past your yep. life, there's a library that Prince was supposedly a very prolific songwriter. Um, you know that stuff's going to live on for years. They're going to be coming out with new you know, releases and things like that. And not to have a will just complicates that's things right. tremendously. So here's what to know is... Take care of the loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have anybody that you need to just speak when you can't speak for yourself, have those wills, have those estate documents, especially if you have children. That's right. Lord help you if you don't let, if you want the state, the state doesn't do anything well. So you want the state picking out who takes care of your kids? I don't think so. So make sure you have the wills and estate documents. And then I, I would even uh, encourage you, this also matters when you have like big life changes. Maybe you go through a divorce, or actually have this with a client. Maybe the people who you said you want to be the guardians of your children, if something were to happen to you, maybe they go through a divorce. Or maybe you had a parent, listen, executor, and they pass away, or they can't do it. It just makes sense to keep that stuff updated because you want your wishes to be reflected, and you want them to be accurate when they need to be accurate. And then also pay attention to, to life insurance, to repay debt to replace income. You know, we like term insurance, especially while you're in those accumulation years, because Mm -hmm. with term insurance, it's cheap. You're basically just buying access to the protection and not doing this, you know, supposedly investment. You know, it's one of those things we've done episodes on that. So go check it out through our archives if you need to go deeper. Um, I wanted to talk about, here's one, Martha Stewart. Martha's on top of the world. And maybe this is one of the things when I was doing this, I can remember some of these things like they happened yesterday, Bo. Martha Stewart got in trouble in 2001. Was it really that long ago? 2001 is when she got in trouble. And just so so be careful of those hot stock tips. What happened to to Martha is that she was, um, she had a friend, a friend of a friend, that was a doctor that was involved with this company called M-Clone okay. um, back in 2001. And the, the doctor who was one of the founders had found out that the FDA was going to t- basically not approve this solution, this medicine or whatever it was. So um, he shared it with some friends that the FDA was going to turn it down. And then it got to Martha Stewart. And Martha Stewart sold $200,000 of this stock. It saved her. That, that Placing that trade did save her. $45,000, which seems like a decent sum of money, but Martha Stewart... But not for Martha Stewart. That, Martha Stewart is worth... I mean, she was top of the food chain. Yeah, I, I would think in 2001, you got Oprah, and you got Martha Stewart. <laughs> I mean, they are sitting on top of that whole just how do you make yourself better and make your house perfect yeah. and all these... I mean, really, the, the, the movement... Um, that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, in that period, Martha Stewart was just doing it all. So 45000 is a small, yeah, small sum for five months of jail. And it was not even the five months of jail. It's the PR disaster. Mm-hmm. She had to step down from her, her publicly traded company. She had to do it. was a really big toll that she took. 
So here's what you need to know as an individual investor and a person that's going to be good with your, your finances is first, be careful of individual holdings. I think it's interesting that one stock lost that big of Millions a percentage. Of yeah. dollars for, for her of opportunity too. And then avoid the hot insider tip. Martha, I know, would love to have a DeLorean and be able to go back in time and get that day over because it had such a huge impact yep. on everything she was doing. And then I think you ought to have a just... It's back to that order of operations thing. Have a plan of action for every dollar of your money. That way you don't get distracted by people coming to you with the hot tips. That's right. Because I, I, mean, I will tell you, I had a family friend. I was down in Florida with my family on vacation, and he called you, then he called me, and he was all excited because he had had a hot stock tip and was trying to, to, to figure out a way to place the tra trade. Right. That stuff burns me up when I hear it because I know that a lot of time it's fool's gold. We have a CPA friend that I worked with many years ago. He still picks on me mm -hmm. from a hot stock tip I gave him right after I graduated from college. So these things will haunt you if you're wrong, and you will be wrong because I don't think of many course. hot stock tips turn out to be as good as everybody claims. Because realize most insiders, by the way, they kind of, you have to be really into the company mm -hmm. you work for and really hopped up on it. So more than likely, they're blinded by their own bias, yep. their, their blind spots for how good they think the company is. So I don't even know how good that insider tip can be. So That's be right. very careful with that. So here's the last one to kind of close out today's show. Treat others well and avoid divorce, if at all possible, or at least be smart with your divorce. Um, I put on, and I don't want to go too deep into these, but like, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer was always a guy that I watched. I've, I've watched the Today Show my whole life, mm -hmm. and you know he's just one of those guys. You're like, man, it'd be cool to get a beer with him. Yep. And then you find out that he's just not using not, his position yeah. in, in a good way, and it he paid the price. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and it probably led into this next thing, which is on marital side of things. If you don't treat people the way you want to be treated, you know I think things happen. Yep. And you think about here's two examples on the divorce side. Madonna with Guy Ritchie, mm -hmm. and then Katy Perry with Russell Brand. Now, I'm going to close it with something positive. Russell Brand, fortunately, was his own has his own level of success. Mm -hmm. So even though he was married to Katy Perry when she had a monster $44 million earnings year, he he didn't take his half. He could have he could have he could have right taken half. But it, from the articles I read, Russell Brand did not take his. He, he was entitled to it. But he passed on it. I thought that was a pretty solid move, uh, you know, since he had his own way. Um, so my, my takeaways on what to know is treat others as you wish to be treated and then measure twice and cut once on that most important decision of marriage because it is a contract and the government and the courts will treat it as a contract. So be very careful with those type of That's decisions. Right. So, Bo, I felt like we covered a ton of financial advice and we even put in some, some things in there. I did forget one little tidbit of information okay mc hammer okay do you know where the hammer came from you don't do you i have no, I this have has no an idea. atlanta connection that's why i thought this I was so no cool when, I was, when you hear mc hammer realize the way mc hammer kind of got his start was he was he was he was out there hustling mm -hmm. out in front of oakland stadium and um the manager one time saw him out there doing his dancing and other things he was doing out in front of oakland stadium and said man that guy needs to be our bat boy and because the, the, the team thought he looked a lot like Hank Aaron, Hammer and Hank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They deemed his nickname Hammer. MC Hammer. Well, I mean, he added the MC. But, but I'm just it, saying the MC. But he was, yeah, he was, his nickname became Hammer because he looked so much like Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron 
that he, that's where Hammer came from. So never I thought, knew that. I wanted to share that. You know, get, not only do you get financial advice, you get to find out where MC Hammer got Hammer from. And then, is there anything else I might have missed, or can you give us a summary of something you'd share? Yeah, I, I was just going to run through this. I'm, I'm, here's kind of the the things that we highlighted. So, if you want to have sort of your Cliff Notes version of celebrity mistakes to avoid, number one, pay your taxes. You need to For be sure. scared of the IRS because they're the ones that have the guns; they can come take your junk. Uh, know what you're buying, know what you're investing, and know where your money goes. Uh, be careful with social media. We live in a world of instantaneous information, so what you put out there stays out there forever and everybody can see it. Uh, be careful who you take advice from. Make sure you recognize that those who are giving you advice are actually supposed to be giving you advice and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Put aside money for a rainy day. Make sure you're deferring gratification. Uh, don't forget the little things like making sure you have insurance, making sure you have an estate plan in place, making sure that your estate plan is updated. Be careful trying to get rich quick. That could yeah, be hot no stock doubt. trips. That could be uh, going out there and looking for the next latest and greatest business idea. A lot of times building wealth is a slow thing, and yeah. that's okay. It's not hard. It just takes a little bit of time. Then the last one was treat others well and avoid divorce. What I love about this list is, is every single person that we mentioned at some point in time was someone who uh, was sort of a, not a role model, but someone that we looked up to, someone yeah. that had the entire world uh, you know, at their fingertips, and even they kind of took that off the ball. So it could happen to anybody. You just have to be careful because if you're not going to be an advocate for your finances, for yourself, no one else is. So you have to be your biggest fan, your biggest advocate. So doing shows like this is always fun because it lets us combine pop culture but also with some great principles of finance. But here's the thing. A lot of you guys, you're probably looking at this going – you're looking at your situation going, I've fallen prey to some of those things, and I want to make sure I don't have that happen again. We just want to, because we kind of close out the show, just remind you, if you ever get to the point that you are so complicated or you just need to have somebody who's keeping the eye on the wheel while you are so busy being successful, we'd love for you to give the opportunity to talk to us. Yep. I mean, that's what we've been doing this show since 2006. That's why those archives are out there for so long. If you have grown to the point, we would love for you to pay us back for all this free advice, mm -hmm. but just give us a chance to let us consider being that taken to the next level relationship for your finances. Yep. I'm your host, Brian Preston, Mr. Bo Hansen, moneyguy.com. Check it out, and we'll be back soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Mm -hmm.